1: hostility
2: but more often with the light the boys rise and had to clear through troubled
1: skies After constant days of struggle they arrived in paradise this feels like heaven. walking thousands countless trophies stand displayed for all to you side by side brothers sisters we united and our children do the same this feels like heaven this
0: must
1: by a number of Catholics in the East End of the city. The main objective of the club is to supply the East End conferences of the St Vincent de Paul Society to support those in the missions of St Mary's, Sacred Heart and St Michael's. Many cases of sheer poverty are left unaided through lack of means. A football club will be formed for the maintenance of the dinner tables of our needy children.
0: This like heaven, this must
1: be And we're back. Uh, <laughs> it's a Celtic State of Nine. Yes, Sean, thank you for pointing out the fact that when I played that at half-time, we went away and, we, you know, conceded a goal. Thankfully, that didn't happen <laughs> when we played it at the end of the second half. Sean, that was uh, something, wasn't it, that second half? I mean, where, where did it all go wrong? Uh, well I think it started going wrong when Greg Taylor went off injured yeah. uh,
2: and then Juranovic got absolutely smoked for both goals and again on a couple of occasions uh, they obviously had that game plan in mind and they came out and executed it and they, when they got their two early goals the, their other game plan of to just uh, kill the game at that point uh, came into force and we could not get much going at that point uh, it was very much gamesmanship from that point Um yeah we just we struggled to create anything i think if it had been if because they went ahead early that really killed it for us if it had been even one each uh beyond the hour we'd have been seen a better game but their goal from the 54th minute on or whatever it was 52nd was just kill the game kill the game kill the game and and it was pretty dire i'm, I'm not sure if their fans would have enjoyed it or not but it probably were
1: Well, there's loads to discuss here because obviously we spoke about the first half during the halftime bulletin, Sean, but it is relevant to the discussion we're going to have here about that second half because it was completely different in terms of the performance. Celtic, I felt in the first half, other than that five, ten minute spell we spoke about, were pretty controlled, they were composed. And in the second half, we've seen um, you know, that first 10 minutes and the game is completely turned around. But what I want to do is I want to start off with a positive here because I had loads of negatives written down until we scored the equalizing goal. But when you look at the makeup of that goal on the eighty-eighth minute, Kyogo scores it. Um Jota and Moy are involved in the lead up to the goal. And I think that the changes that were made both after an hour and after 75 minutes are absolutely pivotal. The first ones mm-hmm. that we make after an hour, Sean, I had shared with you that I thought the second lot of changes would have been the ones we made at 60 minutes. I thought Jota and Yakimakis yeah. were going to come on. But the interesting thing about the second lot of changes is that Hitati came off for Yakimakis and that proved to be absolutely pivotal because Keogh mm-hmm. stays on. He says one of the most quiet games we've seen from him, but he scores the equaliser. So we've got to give credit to Ange. Got to give credit yeah. to the big man for that, for sure. Is as, as bad the decision as it
2: was to bring Juranovic on. It was an amazing decision to leave Kyogo on. Uh, the the players that we're bringing on were all no brainers; like everyone could pick it. Uh, but you're right to to take Hitati off, who would arguably arguably been the best player on the pitch to that point, and leave Kyogo on. It's turned out it was pivotal, uh, pivotal. And there was there was nothing really classic about the goal. It was just a scrappy goal, just about a bit of fight from Moy and Jota. And, and Kyogo was just in the right place and the right time, and just when you know when Kyogo doesn't have time to think about it, oh. you know sometimes he can do it, sometimes he can't, and it just fell nicely for him, and he just rattled it in the goal. It was, yeah, I, I had to try. Is I struggled and failed to mute my celebrations, but luckily my three-year-old stayed asleep.
1: Brilliant. I mean, <laughs> how, how difficult is it? This this is a thing. But you mentioned there about how the home fans would have been enjoying it. Now, I want to bring this up before we get into the action. What went wrong? What went right? We've come through unscathed. I mean, listen, we've come through unscathed. When that second goal goes in, there's that instant reaction. But there's also a wee sense of relief because we did not play to our abilities in that second half. I thought we were very, very poor. And there's there's reasons for that. But with, with regards to the atmosphere in the game, it might have just been the source from which I was watching it uh, on the live Feed Sky Sports, Celtic TV. I just did not feel there was any atmosphere at the game. Is that has it been muted? Muted rather. I mean, what what is the? What's your thoughts on that? Did it seem like a bit of a damp, flat atmosphere today?
2: Uh, to be fair, on Celtic TV, the sound quality was absolutely awful, uh, as as you would expect from the the normal production value of Celtic TV. Uh, so, yeah, it was hard. It's hard to tell. I didn't hear too much uh, of. Uh, too much sectarianism or singing in general, which is unusual, but mm-hmm. you could kind of see them, certainly the, the onion bears dancing about. Uh, so I don't really know. Uh, yeah, I'm not really sure. Uh, and I think probably that comes from what I mentioned earlier was that Sevko had the game plan where they just played for six minutes and then shut up shop, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, and that, that kind of, I guess that backfired on them because they were not uh, in any way interested in going for a third goal. And if they had, it might've been, uh, you know that might might have put a nail in our coffin because we were not creating much but there
1: you go that's what i've got here lack of creativity which is astonishing when you look at the individuals we have in that Celtic side sean that we are not able to fashion any more chances than we did um i was critical for that. Five game spell prior to the St Johnston win, where we were kind of scraping through, you know, with the two ones, and and I mean, even when we beat Dundee United four two, the two goals came in the, the the final minute of the game, because for those five games we were averaging a goal every really eleven chances, and you mm-hmm. look at today's game, there was only eight shots by Celtic on goal, two on target. Two goals. So, yeah, the ones we got on target, uh, we did okay with the conversion, but we didn't create enough. And that was frustrating. Um, Over the piece, we had 60% of the possessions. So, you know, it's easy to look at that from a perspective of being really disappointed in that second half, but we still had plenty of the ball. I'm really keen to bring in the, the, the comments from the commenters. I won't go in too early because obviously the live feed and the comments had started before we got the equaliser. Um, so let's have a look here. Lane R, brilliant by Moy for the goal. Okay, so we'll, we'll have a wee chat about Moy because that's one of the biggest discussion points at the beginning of the game, Sean, uh, was <laughs> the fact that you know, after he's probably his best performance in a Celtic jersey against Tibbs, Ange makes a decision to um, keep with the McGregor and O'Reilly and shift Hitati back from right back into the midfield. I don't think there was many complaints from us at the beginning of the game, so we're not going to revise what we were saying. Um, But he did come on and he did make an impact. And I think after about an hour, I was a bit concerned about the way that O'Reilly's second half was going, Sean. Is it a concern? I mean, I don't know. Did he run out of steam? I think he did, yeah. And and actually, I kind of noticed that a little bit towards the end of
2: the first half. But yeah, O'Reilly, I think, did uh, run out of steam, as you say. And and Moy, when he came on, did offer us more going forward uh, in a creative uh, and in terms of his industry uh, going forward. And and I don't want to say O'Reilly had a bad game. I don't think he did. I thought he was brilliant for the first 35 minutes. Uh, But you're right, he did seem to lag. And and to be fair, at the start of the second half, the the whole team looked sluggish. And, And I mean... The whole team. I know Juranovic and Starfelt uh, were most at fault for the goals that we conceded, but um, I actually thought everyone looked sluggish to start that second half. Uh, maybe it's something that I noted was which I, I, at the time I thought that's very unusual, and then it kind of played out was that Sevko came out and started doing a warm up. At the start of the second half, which I've never, I never see teams do, and I was quite confused. Like they had the cones out and they were doing shuttle runs and stuff like on the pitch before they kicked off, and I was like, "I well, hope that doesn't mean that you know they're going to start on the front foot and we'll start on the back foot." And and that was how it played out, which was, which was something interesting. They knew they had to go for it, and they, and they certainly did, and they really caught us
1: sleeping. I noticed that as well. I noticed yeah. that because Morelos uh, ran on the park and avoided the shuttle runs. Um, <laughs> Phil, uh, wonderful equaliser, aren't they all? Aren't they all, Phil? When uh, I don't know if Sean, you were watching my reaction because we're in a kind of waiting room before we go live, but I was going mm-hmm. absolutely tonto when we scored that goal. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it was a get out of jail card. I really don't. I just think that you know we we weren't as dynamic as we are used to. The pace wasn't there. This tempo that we're used to you know the the passages of play cutting open defenses turning defense into attack i didn't see any of that and i didn't want to pinpoint o'reilly as being the main culprit because i agree with you i think it was right across the, the park i, I mean uh, the midfield battle that is often uh, that often wins and loses these games I don't think we lost it. I just think it was all very pedestrian. And that was frustrating. And I think there's, there's a point here where I'm watching the game, I'm thinking, who's going to grab this by the scruff of the neck? Because we've seen McGregor doing it in loads of games. Um, who's going to do it? And I, and I guess... At that point, you're thinking, well, if no one's doing it, let's make the subs, let's make the substitutions, um, and they were effective when you when you look at it um, at the end. I'm really keen to bring in your your comments and your thoughts. Um, how are you feeling after that? Two two, what went wrong? Was it the selection uh, that started the game coming back to haunt us? Is it like Sean says that the span on the works, which was the the injury to Taylor, and the fact that we didn't get the performance out of Juranovic that we're used to? Uh, Lane R, how is Hart? Not coming for these crosses, he's been a good servant, but I'm honestly tired of him. What's your take on Hart? I mean, I, I don't have massive, massive concerns about Joe Hart at this this stage of the game. I think at half time I was critical of the mistake he made, but he made up for it. I don't think today's poor performance was on him. Um, but I did notice that Seagus wasn't on the bench. I'm not sure if there's been a an injury at training. But at this moment in time, I still think, you know, unless there's a real loss of form between now and the end of the season, Joe Hart's the number one for the rest of this campaign, Sean.
2: Yeah, it's still Joe Hart for me. I think Segrist has been brilliant when he has come in, and I hope he does keep his place in the Cup games. But yeah, I'm still comfortable with Joe Hart. He makes one big mistake today, but then he makes one world-class save to recover himself from that. Uh, I think one thing that we might want to mention just before we scored our equaliser is Cameron Carter Vickers Absolutely saves a goal-bound shot from Malik Tillman. I do not think Hart was saving that. I think that was going in and Carter Vickers comes out of absolutely nowhere with like some sort of eight-foot-long leg to block that shot and like two minutes later we scored equaliser. I think that was uh, a game-changing uh, tackle from Carter Vickers. And I think I've seen some comments earlier shouting for man in a match and Look, if you give strikers credit for scoring goals and you have to give Kurt Vickers the credit for saving that goal, that was an absolutely sensational tackle and he was an absolute rock throughout the game.
1: That's the kind of thing in games though, Sean, that, that often goes under the radar, isn't it? These, these little <laughs> moments um, throughout the season that you could actually list them. They're not uh, a penalty save, they're not a last-minute winner, but it's just these little moments that, you know, over a season there's a few of them. I think earlier on in the season we spoke about McGregor mm-hmm. taking a red card. Um, against Motherwell, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Which, you know, in terms of getting the three points, it done as much as the winning goal did at that moment of the game. And there's all these little moments that you don't really see the credit being dished out. But I am in total agreement. I think Carter Vickers, he's, a, he's a, one of the four players that have come back from that World Cup um, and he just clicked right back into the performances that he's had, you know, that we're used to seeing him. Uh, the level of consistency is frightening, um, the, the partner that that uh, I think he's most suited to, even though it means playing him slightly out of position as Starfield, um, but the other players that he's played alongside have also played pretty well. You know, in a partnership, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, who wasn't in the in the game today. Um, I don't want to go ott on any of the performances because there are going to be days like today, Sean, and I think that we weren't we were nowhere near our best but we're still nine points clear. I don't think there's a momentum shift because Rangers have got a draw at home. So I no. really don't want to throw the baby out with the with the, the bathwater. But I do understand some sometimes right after the game where the emotions are high, Autumn Glow comes in to talk about JJ's performance. It wasn't at his best, absolutely not. Um, but I'd, I've got to maybe go back to him being introduced at that stage and getting played out of position um, and maybe the decision being the wrong decision rather than putting all the focus on JJ. If I'm going to give Ange credit for his substitutions, in particular, leaving Kyogo on the park, I've also maybe got to give him a wee bit of criticism for that. I still don't think that was the right decision.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. It was a bad decision. It uh, should have been Burnaby, but you you could maybe give him a little bit of credit for uh, uh, starting your yeah. Juranovic on the bench and having Alistair Johnson in, who was one of the better players on the day as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think he let anyone down and he, he certainly lived up to the occasion. Um Yeah, and I think you can't, as you said about uh, Sevco getting kind of ahead of steam or confidence or anything like that. No, they played well for 10 minutes in the first half and they played well for six minutes in the second half. And I don't think we can, you know, like when it it comes back to Celtic Park in March or April, whenever the game is, uh, I think we can be confident that we should be going for the three points in that game, if not taking them. I don't see us losing that game. I don't see how we... I mean, we can definitely still lose the league, but I don't like I don't expect uh Sevco to start pulling up trees. So I think if we just concentrate on being our best, which we weren't today, and, and I think there was some chat in the pre match about a virus going through the squad and it kinda right. looked like that at the start of the second half. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. You know the thing, the point you're making that you're looking at Looking at the bigger picture, uh, as we call it, as cliched as it sounds, you come out of the January transfer window and already Celtic have obviously strengthened and we've strengthened well. We've strengthened in key areas. We don't know if, if the recruitment's finished quite yet, and you're you're hoping that any players that leave the club are mainly surplus to requirements. Maybe other than Juranovic, because there's a lot a chat around Djuranovic leaving. Um, and I'm not going to say, listen, he was rotten today. I'll be happy to see the back of him. I think Juranovic has been a fantastic signing uh, mm-hmm. for the price that we paid for him. He's been very adaptable. Yes, today wasn't his best day, but under the circumstances, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to see, if, if indeed he, he stays at the club for any longer, we're going to see the, the real Djuranovic. But the flip side of that, of course, is the fact that the player that, you know, we we've brought in to replace him, I thought was really assured. Um, mm-hmm. He looked as though... He's just slotted in, again, very comfortably. It's not as though he's allowed the occasion to get to him or any of that kind of thing, Sean. And, and I thought over the piece he was one of our better players. I'd go with you in terms of Carter Vickers being the most, you know, most important player in the park today. But in terms of a, a debut in, in that environment, I thought Johnson was outstanding. So credit to mm-hmm to Ange for making sure he was prepared. I know he's been training with us for a few weeks um, and he's gone in and I think he's going to be again another snip, another recruitment snip by Ange Postacoglu. But in terms of the momentum, we all know the situation with contracts at Ibrox. We also know the situation with regards to spending power or lack of. Um, so I, I don't really have much concerns. I'm just concerning myself with the performance that we saw today. Uh, we got out of jail today, says Stephen Sloan. That was woeful.
0: Based on Cox's analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit Cox.com slash internet for details.
1: Um, should have started Forrest and Bernabe should have come on of said, There's some of that I agree with. I think, um, you know, and it's not behind sight. It was a strange move to bring on Ziranovic. But I also think an has got some big decisions right. I think John's in the right back was a big decision. I think um, keeping Kyogo go on in the 75th minute proved to be a massive decision. Um, Did we get out of jail today, Sean? I mean,
2: uh, circumstantially, uh, based on the situation, yeah, when you get a a late equaliser, you can call that getting out of jail, but I do not think we were, I don't think we were soundly beat, I don't think they were the better team, you know, I don't think that was the case, I think we were poor, I think, don't think they were good, other than 15 minutes cumulative of the entire game, so, uh and it was, and whenever you go to to Ibrox it's difficult circumstance no matter what when you've got 700 away fans you've you've not got uh anyone to kind of suck the ball into the net or give you a cheer up but and I thought that the players did well in that sense nobody had but you're we were definitely not flowing today and their game plan was designed to stop that and it, and it worked in that sense and they got their penalty that they always get and uh I'm Still not sure how we didn't get one. I mean, I'm, I'm sure how we didn't get it, but I'm not sure how they can uh, justify that uh, retroactively as not being a penalty.
1: Well, <clears throat> there's quite a few comments coming in in relation to some of the decisions that were made today. So let's have a look at that as well. And I said at uh, halftime, I don't want to really focus on refereeing performances unless it costs us the game. There was a couple of wee moments in the first half I wasn't happy with. You know, Morelos getting in about Greg Taylor which was completely unnecessary. Whilst Greg Taylor's on the ground injured, um, there was also one with Barisits getting in about Callum McGregor right up close to him and just getting away with that kind of stuff. And I, I, mm-hmm. I think it's one of the things that you, you kind of cross the line there, and if you allow it to go, then you know it could continue mm-hmm. for the rest of the game. Um, Haber, we can complain about the fire and rightfully so, but at the end of the day, Ange is at fault of this game with a horrible start in eleven. Late subs and very slow pace. There was a very slow pace. Um, don't know how much that can be attributed to Ange Postacoglu. Horrible starting eleven, but at half time, Sean, we're one up. So mm-hmm. it's working. At half time, it's working. Um, even with that spanner getting thrown in the works with Taylor. Um, but let's talk about the VAR. Let's talk about some of the decisions. Rangers get a penalty. <clears throat> You're of the view that it was a penalty. Oh, I, I think I, I think that the, the other two shouts. At the other end, or maybe what's really frustrating a lot of the commenters. So let, let's say there were three. There was there was two handballs that we had shouts for, and there was a starfelt uh, penalty mm-hmm. decision. So you're you're quite happy that that's a penalty for Rangers. Um, mm-hmm. Should Celtic have got a penalty? At least one penalty. Uh, well, the
2: the one that Goetin's hands are up that and it clearly comes off his hands. Both yeah. of them, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how. I, I can't quite figure out how the wave play on and on that one. Like I don't know. I don't, I really don't understand how we've not got a penalty there. Like his hands are up. Uh, it's clearly hit his hands. I really don't know what Willie Collum has said to John Beaton. I don't know why he's not going to look at it. And then the the second one, I've i really no idea, to be honest with you. Uh, because I got literally one replay. It was a bad angle, pixelated. I've, I don't know. I, I couldn't even possibly guess. The way the ball deviated, it could have came off the guy's chest. It could have came off his hands. His hands could have been out, the key it been in. I have no idea from the, the one single replay that I was shown. Did you see more on Sky? I seen I see, I see one full speed replay with a bad angle on Celtic TV.
1: Well, th- this is the problem that I had with that, was the, the, the very fact that there was no real... Um, investigation. There was no no real argument uh, to suggest that it was a penalty. Um which again I would like to look at that again. The one that I would focus on like yourself is Goldson's because for me it's a stone waller. You yeah. know, we talk about arms that are in the unnatural positions. Uh, there are certain there are certain occasions where, you know, Bernabé Dundee United for example where I feel really sorry for the player because in order to get any kind of Height in a jump to try and win the ball, your arms' natural position isn't by your side. So, that you know, the definition of natural position, your natural position when you're jumping has to be that your arms have to be in the air. You try and, you know, get any kind of height on a jump without moving your arms, it's almost impossible. However, that had nothing to do with Goldson's body movement. Golden's, no. Goldson's body mo- movement did not necessitate. The movement of his hands right up in front and you know above his head, and both of them made contact with the ball. So for me, that was a stone waller, and it's frustrating as hell when something like that happens. Jerry McCann, how was that a penalty? So Jerry thinks uh, the, the Rangers penalty shouldn't have been given. Um, but again, yeah, I must have watched it about twenty times. I, I mean, Starfield. I, I don't think I don't want to criticise Starfield. I don't think he was rash, Sean. Um, mm-hmm. And I, but I think he was a wee bit unlucky. The way that you know the way that his his leg dragged and it made contact uh, with the Rangers player, and there is an angle that it looks as though you know he's been landed on. Maybe that's where Jerry's coming from. But I think over the piece, if if it's Celtic in a in a forward position, I'm shouting and screaming for a penalty there.
2: I think we did get one uh maybe about ten years ago at iBrooks for something very, very similar. Uh, I think it was Stokes. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it was like a Tony Stokes one. I think we actually missed a penalty as well. Um, but but it was for the exact same thing. Stephen Whitaker did it. And look, that is a penalty. Like if even if you're not you don't have to take somebody out at near shin height for it to be a penalty. Like if you're sliding in and you're nowhere near the ball and, and his foot you take his foot in a way. For that reason, that's a penalty. I don't. I don't have a problem with that one. I, I was just surprised it took him so long to point to the spot. I thought it was a stone wall at full pace, at full speed from the camera angle of the halfway line. So I, I don't have a complaint about that. My main complaint uh, for both goals was Juranovic getting absolutely caught out. And I mean, Johnson might have closed down Kent a bit more, but I still don't think it makes much of a difference in that sense.
1: And you know, the thing with Juranovic is um, in the game against Leipzig, where. You know, we lose two game, uh, two goals rather in the latter part of the game. Juranovic was to blame for poor positioning, very similarly to today. So I can't even put it down to being rusty and being unfit and all this kind of thing, Sean. Because when he was at the absolute peak of his games and the peak of his powers this season, I do think sometimes his pos- positional play lacks a bit, and he switches off a wee bit. Um, whatever happens to Djuranovic this month, I still believe that he's been a fantastic signing for us. I think that you know we will be using the transfer um, market you know, to the advantage of Celtic, because we're going to make a really good profit on him. Um, and I think that the fact that we've seen Johnson today and what is going to be his biggest domestic challenge, playing Rangers at Ibrox, uh, and he's come through that with Flying Colours, it kind of softens the blow a wee bit, and we know that you know, Ralston will be coming back very, very soon as well. But, yeah, Zhiranovic was not good today. Um, but I, I, I'm trying my best not to single him out. Um, we've also got Enru 91. was that not a handball? I think you're probably talking about the same one as Sean and I with Goldson. Mm-hmm. Totally agree with that. Uh, and Lucy reminds us, uh, minus nine. Yeah, it is, absolutely. And we've come out of that game. I think the momentum shift, It had they won the game, would have been... Something that we would be discussing right now, but it's not happened. And Paul, plenty thought that was a poor starting eleven, not after timing either. Uh Well spotted, those people. Right, so let's not revise what we say at halftime. Was it a yeah. poor starting eleven, Sean?
2: I don't think so. No, Um I, I, I agree with my position at the start of the game. Uh, we definitely looked sluggish at the start of the second half, but to be honest, we were comfortable in the first half. I don't mm-hmm. think it was a poor start in eleven. 11. Um, I, I think all the things we said at halftime about all the five players across the middle having a good game was valid for the whole first half. It was equally invalid for the start of the second half where they were all poor. Uh, all Everyone, the whole team started the second half poorly and, and that really just killed a chance with the two goals just really killed the game for us. And that really played into their hands where they had ball boys throwing the ball away and cameramen kicking it out of the way and all sorts of things. Like, you, I don't know if you noticed that, like, but there was one where Uranimich had to went to get the ball and the ball boy threw it away from him. Uh, so it was everything that they wanted them more uh, once they got that lead. They, they obviously had that in mind before the game even started. If we get a lead, this is what we're doing. And, and that's... That, that that's a compliment to us that they are scared and they should be scared. And um, when we get them to Celtic Park, uh, we I hope we enact some retribution uh, that day.
1: Yeah, w- without a doubt. Now that it's already been spoken of that you know some people in their own minds are saying it's okay. We just win the three derbies and, and we can pull this back. That was the chance. That was the chance for Rangers to go out there and claw back three points. We're still nine ahead. Scott, we we spoke about this. Um, at the beginning of the games, Sean and I, regarding Forrest. My take on it is that you've got a guy at right back who's making his debut. Uh, I think there needs to be a level of protection there. I don't think Abadda gives him that. I just don't think Abadda's got the defensive qualities. The other player that you could put there is Jota, who, as well as being kind of off-form leading into this game, I also don't think defensively he's, he's that sound. And I think that was what it came down to. Now, Forrest think he was that bad I mean you know I don't think anybody was that great so you know Forrest certainly wasn't in the Djuranovic stakes you know in terms of playing poorly Sean so you know I think job done when it comes to what Forrest starting the game What did the Abada do in the half hour he was on? I know, like, I know he... He, did, he, did, he didn't do anything there was
2: one moment where he made a good he won a corner he made a good run into the box and there was a man three, three players closing down uh, which left, uh, I can't remember who it was, Aaron Moy, uh, free at the edge of the box, the cutback was on, uh, and instead he takes the shot on. Uh, so so like, to me, like you can criticise Forrest if you want, but what did Abada do? Was Abada some massive improvement when he came on? I don't think so.
1: No. And I've, again, Jota was involved in the equaliser, so you mm-hmm. know I'm hoping... Th- this is the thing as well, you've got Abada and Jota, who, when on top of their game, Sean, can win you a game you know, they're they're absolutely top, top class players and they've kind of been off it. So we didn't come into this game without those two firing on all cylinders. Um, Kyogo, yeah, he scores the equaliser, but Kyogo was very quiet today, you know, and if -hmm. if he doesn't score that equaliser, I can see his name appearing time and time again in the comments, Uh, but he scores the goal. So it kind Mm -hmm. of washes, washes that away a wee bit. The other player that I feel a wee bit I think it's a wee bit hard done by with us from part O, but I, I appreciate you coming in. Starfelt a complete liability, I, you know. I, I think second half, second half, yeah. I, I just think that Starfelt, in in relation to his partnership with Carter Vickers, um, is the best we've got. But you you do have a player there in Kobayashi on the bench. Who you you, you ask yourself the question, Sean? Is there going to be a Burnaby like reaction? Um, mm-hmm. You know, because I think t- Taylor. Before that was was already on good form, but then he's getting pushed for his jersey and he's just upped it again. Um, Starfelt perhaps needs to up his game because he's got someone breathing down his his neck at the moment. And it's not someone who's a stopgap, lone player, who we may or may not keep in Moritz Jens. It's somebody who, in Kobayashi, um, has come in with, with high pedigree and he's going to be pushing for the jersey. So um, do you think that's something we'll see a wee bit more of throughout the second half of the season, Kobayashi coming into the side seeing if he can build a partnership with Katta I
2: think so. Uh, either that or Iwata. Um, I, I agree with Pat uh, with uh, with regards to the second half. Starfield was a liability in, in many ways. There was just simple fouls. He was giving away simple possession. He was conceding obviously the penalty. Uh, but then I also agree with yourself, Paul, that he is probably our second best centre-back at the moment uh, and hopefully... Uh, Kobe Ashley does get a chance to, to stake a claim for that position. It'd be great to have the balance of uh, a left-footed player there. And it would be great if there was another player with the potential to come in and be uh, a Jason Denier. Uh, I'm not going to say another Van Dijk, that's, that's pie in the sky, but uh, someone who could really be a solid player on the left there would, would, would really raise our game a level, I think. And, and Starfield was exposed without Greg Taylor helping him uh, in particular.
1: You've got to take that into account as well. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're talking about Forrest starting the game to aid Johnson, I think when Taylor leaves that area of the park, it's a a lot weaker. Even though Maeda, for me, defensively, is very, very good. So, yes, Maeda gets on the score sheet. Kyogo scores um, during a game in which I think he could have been hooked in the second half, Sean. And we're still nine points ahead. So, let's take Mm -hmm. the positives from it, you know. Um, Yeah, not the best performance, but... I think that's that's all that Rangers could possibly take from the game as a point. Celtic will be a wee bit more disappointed, but we move on to uh, the weekend in Kilmarnock, where we'll be covering the game again on a Celtic state of mind. If you haven't done so already, why not subscribe to the channel? It's free of charge. And during this year, you will be given free... Content Every single day and it will be exclusively Celtic related content. Loads of big plans for 2023. Uh, If you haven't already done so, uh, join our collaborators Celtic Down Under on YouTube and also on their socials. And what I'll do is I'll show you where all the socials are. There they are down the bottom of the screen. We are raising cash for um, St Mary's, the birthplace of Celtic. The fundraising link is underneath this video, as is the download link for The Glory in the Dream, which is a single that we uh, collaborated on with The Wakes, JJ Gilmore, Gary John Kane, and Carly Connor. I hope you enjoy that. All that's left for me to say, thanks, everybody, for getting involved. I love a wee bit of the to-and-fro disagreements, all that kind of stuff in the comments. That's what it's all about. Have a fantastic 2023. Keep celebrating um, if you're still off your work. And all that's left for me to say is Sean Connolly. Thank you again. For joining me on a Celtic state of mind. Thanks, Bob. 18 plus.